Hello, and welcome to the Athletic Mindset Podcast, a podcast dedicated to taking a deeper look into the mental approach of some of the world's top athletes. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today I want to take the time to introduce myself and give you a little bit of background on my own athletic career. For those of you who don't know me, I was born and raised outside of the nation's capital in Silver Spring, Maryland, where I learned how to swim at a very young age, but it wasn't always easy. In fact, my first experience with water was a near-drowning incident at a summer club that my dad coached at. Uh, going back to this day, my dad was the head coach over at Aspen Hill Swim Club, and um, before every season, uh, we go to the pool, uh, the weekend before. And while my dad was taking these paper signups from other kids on the team, I was about five years old and he let me play around the pool deck. Well, sure enough, I found the pool vacuum. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a very long pole with, uh, attached to a device that cleans the bottom of the pool with some wheels on it. Well, the vacuum pole was hanging outside of the well, and I decided at five years old, it was a great idea to try to grab onto that pole. Uh, little did I know, the bottom of the pole decided to shift. Next thing I knew, I was hanging onto a pole for dear life in 12 feet of water, having no idea how to swim. My dad luckily heard me slip in and quickly swam the full length of the pool, fully clothed, cell phone in pocket, all that, uh, to come and get me. Uh, before I knew it, uh, I seemed to be dry eating McDonald's about 10 minutes later, uh, as if nothing had happened. Uh, <laughs> was very fortunate that someone was there, especially my dad, to uh, help me out. I very quickly found myself involved in group swim lessons at that same pool that summer and took to the sport rather quickly. Uh, my dad, I got to attribute it to him. He was a swimmer himself growing up, has now coached for 40 plus years, swam at Towson University in college. I think he just gave me a natural feel for the water. Um, so very grateful for that. Now, when I started summer swimming a few years later, I had some success, but by no means I was not the fastest swimmer on my summer team. Totally okay. I was seven, eight years old. There's some other guys on there that were pretty good at that age uh, and they quite frankly would beat me <laughs> very easily. Uh, I turned quickly to I wanted to get better. I liked the sport but I didn't like to lose so I went to my dad and I said hey how can I beat so and so and he said you know if you swim year round that's the easiest way to improve. I said sure sign me up. So I joined RMSC at the fall uh, when I was about seven years old and my dad coached there as well. Now he coached the advanced group and I was by far, far reached from the advanced group. I found myself in the lowest, what they called minis group um, on the other side of the pool. So while my dad was coaching what I like to call the good kids, I was over splash around just learning how to take little strides, little improvements day by day. And I was okay with that at seven years old. Um, but I worked hard and I quickly wanted to be with my dad's group. I had some friends over there and I liked hanging out with them better than hanging out with the kids that I was with. So a few months go by, um, was taking everything my instructors were saying. Uh, and I quickly found myself actually moving up from the intermediate group a few months later and then by going into that next summer I was in my dad's group um, I was pretty happy and finally that's when I really started to feel some success in the sport I met some of my best friends in that group um, then you know swam with them for a full year still was not the best one out of the group there were still a lot of other guys there that were faster than me girls too um, and i would like to say I was okay with that, but I wasn't. I wanted to be better than everyone else. Um, who doesn't? But, you know, just that's just how things were at the time. So fast forward another year, I'm nine years old. And when you turn nine, you age out of the mini group and you have two options in RMSC. You can either go to the advanced junior group or the junior group, the regular junior group. Um, I was extended an invite that summer 
when I was nine to start an advanced junior group a little bit early, a few months earlier than some other people. Um, quite funny though, my cousin from Illinois was in town and I much would much rather hang out with my cousins than get my butt kicked in this new group. So I actually showed up for my first practice, did about 10 minutes, was absolutely miserable. My cousin was hanging out at my house waiting for me to get back, and I still had about an hour and a half left of practice. So I actually went to the bathroom and cried for the entire rest of practice, made up some some stomach bug that I came down with, every excuse I could come up with, told my coach that, and, you know, went home. I thought I would, you know, that's what I wanted at the moment. It was what I wanted. I wanted to hang out with my cousin um, and kind of put swimming on the back burner. And my coach saw right through my lies. He kind of called me out on it to my parents, to my dad especially. And I was like, I don't think Corey's ready for this group. And I, he was totally right. I wasn't. I wasn't. My priorities weren't there. My head wasn't in the right place. I wasn't ready to make that step. Um, so come that fall, all my buddies from my dad's group moved up right into that advanced junior group. No problem. They had no problem adjusting. Meanwhile, I found myself in the regular junior group. And yeah, I thought, okay, cool. Like I can you know, not prioritize swimming here. I can just kind of do what I want. Uh, and get by. I quickly realized one practice in that I would I didn't want to practice with these guys. I thought in my head that I was faster than most of them, and quite frankly, I thought that that was a waste of time for me. Um, so I decided that first practice that from then on I'm going to give everything I can in practice, and you know. I want the coaches to notice how hard I work. Sure enough, two days of that worked out in my favor. The coaches came to me and my dad and said, look, I think Corey's ready for that advanced junior group. I think we got this group thing for him wrong. And I was like, yes, my plan's working. So next week, find myself with my buddies. I'm thinking it's going to be a good old time. And I get my butt handed to me in practice. It's one of the hardest practices I ever had. Um, still remember this to his day. It's very humbling, but you know, those are the things that you need to experience to keep moving forward. And it kept it fresh. It kept it exciting for me. Um, and at the time I was still probably one of the slowest out of my friends, which was totally cool. I knew I was going to get them in the long run. Um, so fast forwarding, you know, I'm meeting some of my best friends in this group. Uh, Michael Thomas, Jack Foster, Jorge Rios. These guys were my training partners growing up. And what was really interesting and hard at first for me was watching um, these guys, especially Jorge and Michael, go on to posting top 16 times in the nation um, at our age. Like they were not just the best in our area, but some of the best kids in the, in the whole country. And I was like, man... Why, when am I ever going to break through? When am I going to be like those guys? I, I work as hard as them in practice. Um, but we get to the meets and something clicks for them. It didn't click for me. It was clicking for them. So I kind of was, went back to the drawing board. I was like, how, how can I become like those guys? And I just decided, you know, I think the meat stuff will come eventually. I think that they were just more mature in that sense. They knew how to handle the pressures of swimming and big stages and all that at an earlier age than me. But I said, I can be the hardest worker in the group, in the room. And if I, if I do that eventually, one of those days I will break through. Um, and it got tough. By the time I was about 13, uh, I still had that mindset. I wanted to be the hardest worker in the room. And the gap was just widening larger and larger um, between me and my training partners. Uh, it seemed like they were beating me in my best events. They were beating me. They're off events. Um, they were beating me. It, was just, it wasn't fun. I was losing, losing left and right. Um, finally, it got to the point where it was like, 
okay, do I stick with swimming or do I, do I try something else? I was okay at baseball also at the time, a uh, few time all-star in little league. So I thought maybe that might be the path, but ultimately I decided, you know, swimming has some of my best friends here and I want to, I want to keep with it. Well, luckily I did. Cause at 14, I think that was when I really truly realized I had some potential at the sport. I finally had a huge breakthrough year. Um, multiple best times seemed like everything I did was a best time. It was an awesome feeling. It was probably one of the most rewarding feelings, especially after years and years of hard work. I was getting better, but I wasn't having these exponential drops like I started experiencing then. And I was hooked. I knew right then and there, I was like, I chose the right sport. This is the best feeling. Those of you that had swam or have swam totally know what I'm talking about. That best time feeling after all those hours of hard work there's nothing better in the world. No matter if you're going the best time by, you know, a hundredth of a second, 10 seconds. In my case, I was doing best times by 30 seconds plus. I swam distance, so a little bit more, a little easier to do that in those events. But still, nonetheless, um, that's kind of how I felt. And, you know, for the first time, I was finally beating these guys. Um, and I don't mean this in a negative way to any of them. They know that for sure. But it felt so good. I was happy for their, their success early on in our careers. But I, I was frustrated always losing them. So it felt good to, you know, get a win, win tally in my column for once. Um, and that was, that was great. So as that's starting to click, I'm starting to, you know, hit my stride. Sophomore year of high school, getting better and better. It's like, yeah, this, this is cool. I think I could... Yeah, I'm starting to play with the idea of I can swim in college. That would be the ultimate dream. I started off and I wanted to swim Division One and get a scholarship. And finally, that, that dream is starting to become a reality here. Now, my junior year of high school comes around. I'm like, cool, I'll keep on this progression. And, you know, the offer letters will be rolling in from all these schools, whether it be Texas, Cal, Michigan, all the, all the big schools. That's where I wanted to go. I ended up hitting a major plateau uh, my my junior year, uh, which is probably the most important year that college coaches look for in swimmers, and it was frustrating. I was still putting in the work. I was training better than ever before, and the times just weren't there again at the meets. I was just like, I I just didn't understand it. Um, I was, but I was patient. And I think that was the biggest thing. When you hit those plateaus, you just have to be patient. Because you never know how close you truly are until breaking through, unless you keep with it. Um, now, as I'm going into my end of my junior year, senior year, I'm starting to get a few looks from college coaches. Uh, East Carolina was one of the big ones that reached out to me and expressed some interest in me. I took an official visit down there, and it was, it was awesome. It was a really good time. It's completely sold on, on the school. But that was my first visit, and my mom very wisely said, hey, you should you know, visit a few other schools and get some experience and some, something you can compare your visit to. I said, I, I think I'm going to go to ECU, but yeah, sure, I'll go visit a few other schools. So I had reached out to uh, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, uh, and very quickly the coach emailed me back saying, you know, at this time, you're not quite good enough to join our team. Um, if you have a good winter like you did your sophomore year, uh, then it might be a different conversation. In the spring of your senior year, we might then allow you to come visit the school, but at this time, you're basically not good enough for the program. And that, that humbled me again. I was like, what do you mean I'm not good enough for the program? I think I, think I could be a good contributor there. So I said, whatever to Pittsburgh, no big deal. I text my buddy Jorge and I'm like, hey man, my mom's making me visit another school. I have no idea what other school I want to visit. I'm sold on this ECU thing, but you got any trips coming up? We can go on one together or something. He goes, I'm actually going to Delaware in a few weeks. I was like, oh cool. Delaware's kind of close. So I decided to shoot the Delaware coach an email and sure enough, I uh, was able to organize a what we call an unofficial recruiting trip the same weekend as Jorge. 
Um, and that was probably one of the best weekends of my life. We go up there together, have a great time. I immediately liked all the guys there. The girls team was awesome. Really good experience. Um, and it came down to it. It was closer to home. Uh, so my parents would be able to see a little bit more of my meets, which was a big factor. I wanted them to, they've been involved in big, my biggest support probably throughout this whole swimming career at this point. And I wanted that to continue as I got to college. So as I get back from this trip, I'm starting to weigh my options and the early decision deadlines coming up in a few weeks. And East, I'm still talking to East Carolina, still talking to Delaware. Delaware actually offers me uh, a decent size scholarship. Uh, there's not a ton of money in men's swimming, but there was something um, which helped. So I, I turned to East Carolina. I said, hey, look, Delaware offered me this. Is there any way we can get something, an offer on the table of that size? And they said, look, Corey, we're going to be honest with you. We spent all our money in your recruiting class, our budget, on some sprinters and some other pieces to our recruiting class. So we'd love to have you still as part of the team, but you're going to have to walk on. There's no scholarship dollars for you here. And that kind of took me back because this, from the get-go, ECU was the one that was kind of courting me the hardest. They brought me down as an official recruit, paid for my meals down there, sent me to a football game, all this stuff. I felt a little little bit uh, heartbroken. I was like, what do you mean? There's no money. <laughs> I didn't get it. I also didn't understand at the time just quite how college swimming works and how sprinters can do a lot more relays at the conference meet than distance swimmers normally can. So they hold a little bit more weight uh, than a distance swimmer would. But I was, nonetheless, I was still a little ticked off by that decision. So ended up signing early with Delaware super excited um and shortly thereafter though after i'd signed my national letter of intent i started to experience an unknown heart condition uh, i first noticed it one day it was a saturday morning practice my senior year and we were doing some sprints off the blocks about 15 20 yard sprints and i remember getting up on the block and my heart started racing Nothing I hadn't felt before in the sense I just thought I was a little anxious, which was to me was a little bit odd because it was practice. I was like, all right, I'll get get my heart rate under control and I'll just make this sprint really, really good. I'm already ele- elevated heart rate. So I dive in, get to the other, you know, quickly find myself at the end of the sprint. I'm like, wow, I can't catch my breath. My heart is elevated heart rate even more. So I get up on the bulkhead, and for those of you who don't know what that is, that divides the regular pool and the well um, at the particular pool that I trained at. And so there's water on either side, but it's about two feet wide uh, that you can walk on. So I hop up there, it's immediately as soon as I stand up, I start to get super lightheaded, and I'm starting to lose my vision. It's like tunnel vision is setting in, my peripheral vision's gone, it's getting super fuzzy, and I'm starting to go completely blind. For whatever reason, I thought that it was an awesome idea to, instead of just sit down right then and there, to walk towards the end of the bulkhead to the side of the pool. And I thought, as soon as I get to the side of the pool, I'll sit down, I'll be okay. Well, I get right to the end of the bulkhead and right where the bulkhead meets the side of the pool, my left foot takes a step that veers a little bit too much to the left. I'm, I completely can't see at this point. And that foot just goes straight into the water and I face plant, boom, right there on the pool deck. And I completely blacked out, um, had no idea really what had happened there. I remember coming to like a minute or two later and felt fine. Uh, everyone around me was my teammates, my coaches were super concerned, but they were like, you looked totally fine. Nothing looked weird about you. It just looked like you misstepped and fell down and face planted. Other than that, uh, you looked pretty normal. I was like, that doesn't, I was like, I, trust me, that wasn't normal. So we go to the ER, uh, my dad and I, and I go through a bunch of, a bunch of tests there, EKGs, all this, and everything's normal. I was like, guys, I'm telling you, I'm not normal. 
I was telling my parents this, the doctors that. I was like, something is wrong. And, but no, no test was finding it. So I'm going through the rest of my senior year here, that fall, that spring. And these, what I would call heart episodes, would keep happening with increasing frequency. So I kept, I started seeing these cardiologists all over the area, down in Georgetown, over at GW. Um, you know, any specialist in the area I was going to, but nothing was coming up. Um, all the tests, not no one could figure out what was wrong with me. I described my symptoms to them and um, all that, and they said, "Look, we did we did ultrasounds. I did stress tests where you're running on a treadmill." Everything, everything I could think of, um, I passed like a, a normal person, normal human would. I even at one point had to wear a heart rate monitor to school. Um, well, not just to school, but for 30 days in a row. The only problem was it wasn't waterproof. So these episodes were happening only while I was swimming. But the thing that would catch them wasn't waterproof, so I couldn't wear it with me while I swam, which was pretty frustrating. So it got to the point where I was like, man, I, I have to tell the Delaware coaches this. And I was honestly scared that, you know, when I told them I had this condition that might impact my swimming, that, you know, that might mean scholarship was revoked. Um, I didn't know if a spot was still there for me on the team. Luckily, Coach Heyman and the other coaches at the time were super, super understanding, super welcoming of that. They said, look, don't stress about it. Whatever it is, we'll take, you know, we'll take good care of you. We'll look after you and we'll, we'll get this right. So I was, that was very comforting to hear because I had a lot of concerns um, going away from home for the first time and still experiencing all these, these unknowns of my health. So I get there freshman year and these episodes keep happening to me. And it was super frustrating because the only thing that these doctors could tell me was when I had these episodes, it was proud, like I should shut it down for the day. Um, whatever it is, I shouldn't continue to work out or anything like that, as that's just going to make it more increase, happen with increasing frequency and all that. So I wanted, I still wanted to train my ass off in, in every single practice that I did, especially in a new group, a new team. I wanted to show myself that, you know, I belonged on that team and I was one of the better people on the team as well. So for me to have these episodes happen, they probably happened at this point about once a month. I was more mad at myself that these happened because I couldn't train the rest of the day. I wasn't so concerned about what was wrong with me anymore. I just wanted to train to, to prove to my teammates that I belonged and that I fit in. I felt like Every heart episode that I had, I was letting them down because I was that was one last practice that prepared me for our dual meet or prepared me for our our championship meet at the end of the year, which is pretty, I guess, weird thinking if you think about it. But I cared so much more about that team than I did about my myself at the moment. I wanted I wanted what was best for the team. I knew me at my peak was what was best for the team. So as that year's going on, I'm having a pretty good uh, dual meet season. I, you know, was very fortunate. Was winning a couple of my dual meet events, um, and having some success right off the bat freshman year. It was it was a pretty fun ride. Um, it felt good to win, and it felt great to win at the Division One level. But right before our conference meet, we had one last tune-up dual meet against our rivals down at Towson. And I'll never forget going down to this meet. And I had an okay thousand, uh, which was my first event of the day. And then my 500 was probably one of the slowest races that I had had since my freshman year of high school. It was absolutely terrible. I didn't feel anywhere close to 100%. I... My coach at the time, I, I love him to death. He was super brutally honest with me, the distance coach. I went to him afterwards. I was like, Coop, that felt like shit. 
And he <laughs> looked at me and goes, it felt like shit. It looked like shit. You look terrible. Um, I was supposed to swim one more event that day. He said, I'm pulling you out of the 400 IM. Rest up. It's nothing personal. You just need to get your mind right and focus on conferences. This meet's done. And that kind of hurt because I was like, well, I still want to beat Towson. I want to contribute. But the shape I was in mentally and physically at that meet, there was no way uh, that that 4IM was going to be good. So I think ultimately he had, my, he had my best interests in mind there by telling me that all that. And I really appreciate it because he always told you, he told me at least, what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. It wasn't always pretty. But he was going to be honest with you and kind of get your head out of your ass and, and refocus on the priorities at hand. So, you know, most people, when they're their last meet before their big meet, the big meet of the year, if it's their worst one in the season, they're going to get pretty down on themselves. I saw it as whatever. I was really beat up from training at the time. I had trained harder than I ever had before in my life. More hours. Started hitting the weight room for the first time. My body was just in dire need of rest. Uh, for those of you not familiar with swimming, there's this glorious thing called taper. Uh, now what that is, is you beat up your body all year. And by the time you get to taper, you actually tone back your training. And your body adjusts to rest. It finally gets rest for the first time. And it has such a positive slingshot effect on your performance that you achieve new feats that you otherwise couldn't possibly have done. Uh, so that was what I shifted my focus for. And I was, I was feeling great in taper. I was getting ready to go for this meet. I trusted Coop's guidance on my taper, my training. I was like, I'm good to go. But this dang heart condition comes back about two weeks out. And a tra- it happened, and our trainer sent me down to our team doctor. And... I tell him everything that's going on, and he's like, "Look, if it happens one more time to you, I'm not gonna let. I'm not. I legally can't let you go to conferences. It's just, it's not safe. We don't know what's wrong with you. We can't have this happening um, in a meet." I said, "Look, Doc, it never happens in a meet. Only in practice. I swear I'll be okay." He's like, "I don't care. If it happens, you need to tell me, and your season's done." For those of you who don't know, swimming, conferences at the college level is the end-all, be-all meet. That is what you train all year for. It's really the only meet that truly matters. Uh, dual meets are fun and all, but you're only remembered how you do at the conference meet. That's where you're able to set school records, win medals, all that, all that fun stuff that comes with the sport. So I was like, there's no way in hell I'm not going to this conference meet. Well, sure enough... Two days later, I have another heart episode at practice. And I don't know if it was super smart at the time, but I looked at Coop, my coach, and he kind of knew what was going on. He knew the whole deal with Doc, and he said, are you good? I said, just give me a minute. I'll get back in practice. I'll be good. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I just need a minute. So got back in practice. Um. Luckily, no more hard episodes until my time leading up to conference. I ended up going to the conference meet that year and right away start having these great swims, drop in time. Um, I was kind of ticked off the first day. For those of you who don't know the conference lineup, the 800 free relay is the first day. And I had confidence in myself that I was one of the top four. 200 freestylers on the team, which meant that I should be on that relay. And they chose a few other guys over me. And I, even my, my coach, my distance coach was pushing for me to be on that, but the head coach had something else in mind. And I was, I was okay with that, but I was a little ticked off because I knew um, that I should have been on that. So the next day I kind of swam prelims with a chip on my shoulder, had no expectations going to this meet. Uh, I was seated you know, maybe top 16 in most of my events. So in my 500, it's my first event, and I drop eight seconds in prelims for my best time ever, which is a huge drop. I find myself seated sixth going into finals, uh, making the A final. 
I was like, holy crap, this is my, like, I've arrived moment. I'm ready for this stage. I'm ready for D1 college swimming. Like, this is it. I go into finals that night just fired up. I said, if I did this this morning, I can do anything tonight. So I go into that race and hunting people down the last hundred. I end up finishing fourth by 0.1 of a second. So one-tenth of a second I missed getting a medal. And I was, I was a little bummed. I wanted a medal in my first ever race. That would have been an even better story. But it was... It just fired me up more. I was like, man, I was so close. I was like, tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. Um, I have the 400 IM. Uh, and it's funny, everyone thought of me just as a, a distance freestyler. I wanted to prove myself that I was more than just that. It's the 400 IM, same deal. Drop seven, eight seconds in the morning. Find myself seated sixth. Uh, again, going into finals. And sure enough, drop another two seconds at night, but find myself fourth by point one again and I was like man how unlucky can I be that I keep missing the podium by just point one and I said to myself you know tomorrow tomorrow's my event I'm gonna go into that and I'm gonna absolutely just let loose it was the mile so I go in the next day and I'm winning this thing at the halfway mark uh, one of my good buddies from Towson uh, it was one of my biggest competitions as well, Matt Lowe. He, him and I were out in front pretty much from the get-go. Uh, he was able to pull ahead in the second half from me. But nonetheless, as a freshman, I was able to finish second in the whole conference in, this, uh, in the mile. And that just, that joy and that passion for the sport finally just overcame me when I touched that wall and saw the, the number two next to my name, especially... You know, coming from two weeks earlier, being told that I probably I shouldn't be swimming that meet. I really shouldn't have, um, according to my team doctor and all that. Um, but here I was now standing on the podium, uh, receiving a second place medal, and ended up winning as well conference rookie of the year, which turned out to be Delaware's first ever men's swimmer to do that. So that was pretty special as well. Very humbled by those honors and and all that and. It's really hard looking back on it, trying to believe that it almost didn't even happen because I almost, you know, my team doctor almost didn't even let me go to the meet. I was very fortunate that uh, my coach and I were on the same page and kind of overlooked a few things and got me on there. Um, but as we switched into the off season, I wasn't satisfied. But finally, I had a, a breakthrough in my heart condition wise scheme of things. I started seeing a cardiologist up near school in Delaware, and he had an idea that might work. He said, there's a 50-50 shot that it'll work, and we figure out what it, what's wrong with you, but there's also 50% that, you know, it's just a waste of time. Are you, are you open to try it? And I said, yeah, it's been impacting my, my training my, and all that. I was like, I, I can only imagine what I can do in the sport if I had a regular year of training not interrupted by this this health condition. So about a month after uh, my conference meet, I'm at Christiana Hospital, and I'm going through what is called an EP study, so they, with possible catheter ablation. So what they do is they put you slightly sedated, um, and so you're, you're numb, but you're still feeling some things. Um, and I'm in the operating room and I'm still somewhat conscious. I can't feel my body, but my mind's aware of what's going on. And they go in through these veins in my groin with catheters up to my heart. And then they inject my IV with pure adrenaline because my doctor's hypothesis was that what I had was stress-induced. So he needed to induce that environment that caused me all the stress to show this condition. And sure enough, as soon as they lit me up with adrenaline, they started seeing these cells on my AV node, which those of you not familiar with the heart is the second electrical node on your heart. Your heartbeat starts on your SA node, makes it way down to your AV node, and then out to the rest of your heart and telling it 
how to contract, when to contract, how fast, all that. So I had these quote-unquote bad cells on my AV node that would send their own impulses, separate from the uniform one that was going from the SA node. So what was causing this, basically, was I had an abnormal heartbeat caused by just these few cells. And all of that, when I reached a certain stress level, would increase my cardiac output, my heart rate would end up skyrocketing to 350 plus. So I kid you not, like my my heart, when I would experience all this, you could look at my chest and you could literally see my heart beating out of my chest. That It wasn't just an expression for me at that point. It literally was happening. It was probably as fast as my heart could possibly go or faster even. And what happens when, you're, when your heart's pumping that quickly, it can't pump enough fluid, enough blood to the rest of your body that needs it. This was what was causing my vision to go. I would lose feeling in my, my feet, my hands, and all that. So lo and behold, we finally, we have this breakthrough. We find out what's wrong. Now the possible catheter ablation comes into play. That's where they take heat, and they are actually able to burn off these cells, killing these cells off one by one. And the whole procedure probably took about two, three hours um, and spent a, you know, a few days in the hospital recovering after that. I think the wildest part in the recovery process is when anything foreign goes into your body, natural, your body's natural reaction is to swell up that area. So they went in through my, my groin all the way up through my heart. So my whole midsection... My abs, everything was just swollen. It just so much extra fluid. I felt like I had gained 50 pounds just in my in my stomach because of all this extra fluid. It hurt to sit down. It hurt to you know stand up. I could barely walk. It was it was a long road to recovery. This lasted for you know the swelling lasted for about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, the stitches are all gone, luckily, um, and all that, but. I had to closely monitor because they were afraid. I couldn't do any physical activity for about a month because they were afraid if I were to, to push my heart anywhere near my max effort, that would cause the stitch, you know, the scars on my heart to open up and cause some real issues. So wasn't able to train pretty much the remainder of my, my freshman year in the spring. Uh, it wasn't until I came home for the summer that I was really able to start slowly easing back into things um, and you know fortunately I was fine I didn't have any any more episodes or anything like that um, right now it's probably about six years ago almost seven years ago that I had this done so knock on wood I was finally cleared this past year by my cardiologist that you know all odds of anything happening again are slim to none so it was a pretty big relief having this, you know, off my plate. And I was finally able to shift my focus, my mindset to training and swimming. I had experienced success as a freshman, but I knew I wanted more. I wasn't happy with two-fourths in a second. I wanted a team title. I wanted to win relays. I wanted to win individual events. I didn't, I didn't care. I wanted to win everything. But I wanted my team to do some things as well, not just myself. So we get into, you know, sophomore year and I'm having another stellar year. We get to the conference meet and that 800 free relay. Um, I finally, finally made it on. I was able to talk my way onto it. Um, and sure enough, I lead off that, that relay in a school record time, lifetime best, um, in the 200 free, um, and I just kind of smiled to my coach with a big grin on my face. And I was like, look, you and I were right. I should have been on this one uh, a year ago if I was doing that this year. Um, as a team, we ended up getting, I want to say we got fourth in the relay. So I, my goal there wasn't completely accomplished. I did want to to medal, and we just missed that. But, yeah, that's okay. Um, fast forward the next day, my 500 free. I was like, fourth was cool last year, but why don't we go out and, and see what we can do? Sure enough, in the morning, 
I go out and drop another three seconds from I did the previous year, and I end up being top seed. Now, this is like one of the first few times in my whole swimming career that I was ever seated first going into a final race. Um, that was a totally different experience for me. I, I wanted, and now I felt this expectation. You know, last year, when I my freshman year, when I was going into these finals swims, it was, you know, no one knows who Corey is. He's seated six. He had a great swim to get here. He's probably not going to do much more in the final to shake things up. Now it was like a year later and I felt like I had arrived in the sport, but now there's this pressure of, okay, you're seated first. Now what? I was like, I don't want to be that guy who's seated first and loses the thing. Um, So we get to finals. I'm starting to swim this race. And as the race is developing, uh, everyone around me seemed to just be taking it out fast. It's a 20 length swim and, about 16 out of 20 lengths into the thing, I'm sitting in fifth, sixth place. And I was like, man, this is kind of embarrassing. I'm in the middle of the pool. All eyes were on me. And now I'm not even in the race with 100 to go, four lengths to go. I was like, what can I do? I need to, I need to kick it in here because I'm, I'm not going down without a fight here. So I decided as I flipped into that, that final 100 that – you know, there's, there's no way I'm not leaving everything on the table here. Whatever happens, happens. But I need to give it everything I have. You know, sure enough, the next 50, I catch up um, with pretty much the field. Um, now, even with the first and second place guys going at that last turn. And I remember flipping at the 475, so the 19 length mark and kind of turning to my side and I'm about even with the guy who's also vying for first and I just thought to myself there's absolutely no way I lose to him absolutely no way and sure enough that last 25 I ended up beating him by about half a second which at that point in the race is a, is a, a large margin of victory um, and the place just erupts i couldn't have been happier. That was still probably to this day one of my happiest moments in swimming was achieving that that swim because I knew everything had accumulated to me being able to do that and being able to dig deep and kind of swim my own race. It was it would have been very easy to get lost in everything around me, uh, those around me watching them swim fast and becoming a spectator, but I knew I needed to swim my race and focus on what I could control by doing so, I was able to get myself back into the race. And then just came down to pure instinct and, and grit there at the end. Who could who could embrace that pain and dig through it uh, more? And luckily, I was able to, to do that and get my hand on the wall first. So that was an awesome experience. I ended up with two other second places um, that meet as well, my other two events. So... I was stoked. You know, I came away with one first and two seconds. I was like, wow, I finally, I improved from last year. Okay, stepped in the right direction. I was like, I guess the only way from up from here is to win, win all three of my events next year. No reason I can't do that. I was in the pool. The conference ended Saturday night. I was in the pool training for the next season that Monday. Um, other people took some time off. You know, they wanted to get away. I didn't want any of that. I wanted to get right back into it. And I knew the way I could make up the biggest amount of ground on all those around me, all my, my competition, was to outwork them. That's what I had done to get me to that point. That's what I was going to continue to do. And we were having some awesome training sessions, me and my coach. Um, we were just getting after it. It was, it was great. Uh, but come that summer, a little bit of adversity hit. Our assistant coach left, took another job, and my coach, who was the third assistant, or a second assistant, his position got cut that year. There was no longer the funding to, to pay him. So I, we lobbied to get him in as the regular assistant coach. Things didn't happen that way. Um, I was honest, I spent a lot of my junior year just kind of lost in the sense of my coach who had gotten me the success 
helped me guide me through this and, you know, train my mindset and, and know how I should train and get me to where I want to be in the sport was no longer there guiding me. Uh, I had the head coach was good, but he wasn't in my eyes as great as, as the coach that I had and showed at the end of the year. Um, I didn't do best times. I was kind of right on my times for some of them ended up still placing uh, actually, that was the first year that I placed top three in my individual events and then also third in a relay. So, um, you know, the, the places were there, but I, I was by no means content. Um, and that was kind of a struggle. And fast forward to my senior year, we ended up bringing in a, a freshman on the team at the time who was also a distance swimmer. And I think that was when it really hit me where it was like, man, not only is it my last season, you know, these coaches are looking to replace me. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow because from the moment I stepped on campus at Delaware, I had been kind of the go-to person in my events. I was counted on to score the points in the dual meets in my events and, and all that. And for the first time in four years, we had I had a teammate um, – that I was losing to um, at dual meets. And that was a tough pill to swallow because it was one thing to lose to other people on other teams, but I never wanted to lose to my teammates because I wanted, I wanted them to look to me as setting the example and look to me as, you, you know, they saw my good swims and they were inspired by those. It was, it was tough adjusting to that. Um, but that was just kind of, part of the whole process uh being able to look back on it now i'm really grateful because it still pushed me at that point i had accomplished a lot of what i had accomplished wanted to accomplish in the sport and i needed some extra push my senior year um you know come conference meet it didn't really pan out um really as well as i had hoped at that point i was kind of mentally drained uh, from the sport you can only what i found is you can only really push with that all-out mindset for so long. I felt very burnt out by the end. I was more or less just happy to be done with it by the time I finished my career, um, which is a, a struggle. I'm curious to learn from other people that go through grueling sports and how they stay motivated all the way to the end. You know, there's a certain reason why these great athletes retire when they retire. And for me, I think that timing came at just the right time mentally um, for me. But that's kind of how I, I came about my swimming career. Uh, my biggest takeaway from all of it, though, is probably the friendships that I, and re- relationships that I was able to, to form with not just my teammates, but other people I competed against. Um, one of the coolest things to me was, uh, I mentioned him earlier, a guy that's swam at Towson, this guy, Matt Lowe, he's actually from the Bahamas. And him and I were rivals my first two years. He was a junior and a senior my freshman and sophomore year. So he, I was starting my career as he was finishing up. And my first two years, he was the only kid to beat me in the mile. Um, my sophomore year, I was, luck- I was fortunate enough to beat him in the 500, but then he got me two days later on the mile. Uh, so we went back and forth, you know, dual meets, whatever. It was always a good race, good competition racing him. And I probably couldn't have done what I did in the sport without competition like him. But for being, quote unquote, fierce rivals, I think it came full circle. I went on a cruise to the Bahamas with my parents about a year and a half ago. And while I'm there, it turns out that he's also in the Bahamas visiting his family. So we we connect and you know he actually gives me a private tour pretty much drives me around the island takes me to some places that your cruise ship wouldn't normally take you uh and i was super grateful for that experience because he didn't owe that to me um but i think we had a common bond in our our swimming styles and all that um that linked us and made us deeper friends because of all that so that's my biggest takeaway from the sport um, any the advice that I have here pretty much for young athletes looking to get into college athletics whether it be swimming or another sport here is you just have to make sure you do it for the right reasons I know I talked about 
I'm feeling burnt out at the end of my career. Um, if you feel that, you know, maybe take a little mental break and try it again, see how it feels. Take a step back and you'll appreciate what you have a little bit more. But the biggest thing, especially in swimming um, at the college level, is you're going to hit a point in the, in the season where it's going to suck. Uh, it usually comes around December, January, February, right when it's getting the coldest out. For us, we still had to walk to practice. Morning practice was at 5.30, so you were up out the door in 15-degree weather, you know, all bundled up, and you got to walk about a, a half mile to a mile to get to the pool to swim for two hours. Um, now, I don't care how motivated you are. You can't always be motivated for that kind of situation. So my biggest advice to those that are going through that is just, you have to stay strong and you have to have a strong why so that when your motivation runs out, you're going to stay disciplined in the tough times to keep you going. You're not always, motivation comes and goes, but if your discipline is there and you are, you know, systematic in your approach to all this stuff, take it all in chunks, it will all work out. It'll, you'll stick with it. From data for a day-to-day perspective for non-athletes out there, I think the biggest takeaway from my story and for what I've learned is that when you show up, you're gonna give it your all and on what you can control. I was to- always told to swim my own race. Don't worry about those who I'm competing against because they have a totally different strategy than you. Whatever happens, happens. As long as you give it your best, you can walk away saying, you know what, good race to whoever it is that beat you and whoever you beat so don't half-ass anything um the first time around because you're more than likely going to have to do it again but if you do have negative experiences and you mess up because we all do from time to time take that time to acknowledge it but don't let it weigh you down too long move on life goes on you'll be fine learn from that mistake and, and make yourself better because of it so That's pretty much my story, guys. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you for spending the time to get to know me a little bit better. Uh, I haven't really shared that full story with a lot of people, so I kind of hope you can see me for who I am and, and all that, and hopefully I've provided some value for you there. Um... Next up, you can look for an episode probably sometime next week uh, with a four-time All-American, Bob Glover. He's one of my best friends at the moment. Uh, We met through swimming, believe it or not. Um, So he's got a lot of interesting things to say and very decorated career to show for it. So be sure to tune in. Until next time, have a good night.